Uh, good afternoon to everyone. It's so great to see some faces again, and, and it's great to see new faces as well. And thank you, James. It's, it's great to see you. Um, and I love the energy that I saw and felt from everyone I, I got to meet today before the service. It's been over uh, two and a half years. <laughs> thank you for the hand gesture. Yeah, It's been over two and a half years uh, since I've been here with you. Um, part of that was due to the COVID restrictions and a lot happened. I actually got laid off right before those COVID restrictions went into effect. Uh, didn't have work for a few months in 2020. I, and then I, I left New York City, went to be with my parents for a few months in New Jersey, and then started talking to the woman who would be my wife and is now my wife who's actually with us today. So a lot has changed. Um, so just a few weeks ago, just to tell you a little bit more about myself, and this folds into the message, my wife and I got two new additions to our family. She calls them Pup One and Pup Two. <laughs> Who's had a dog as a pet here? Yeah, a lot of us. Some of us are more cat people, maybe bird people or fish people. I was just thinking today, I would like to have a red panda as a pet. Wouldn't that be great? That's very really cute. Huh? Um, and, and because we're visiting New York from Texas this week, we're leaving the dogs with my wife's family, and we miss them, and we want to see them again, and we worry about them. Um, our older dog is a, a white mini golden doodle. He's 12 years old. He kind of looks like a sheep. His hair seems to grow fast. We have to constantly cut it to get it out of his eyes so he can see. <laughs> um, our puppy is a fluffy corgi, almost four months old now. Corgis were bred to be sheep herders. They're called Welsh corgis. They are bred to be sheep herders. So sometimes our little puppy corgi is jumping on our old man Golden Doodle, trying to herd him. She's constantly pushing his patience. And, and Golden Doodles, that breather, they're a bundle of nerves. They always want to be touched. They need human support animals. Sometimes if you start petting our golden doodle too soon, he'll yelp and it sounds like you, like you stepped on his tail or something because he just so desperately wants to be touched. <laughs> so our dogs, they can be a lot to handle, but we miss them. And if something were to happen to them, um, we'd be inconsolable for a long time. Um, now, did you know that shepherds kind of had this kind of relationship with their sheep in biblical times? You may remember the story about the prophet Nathan telling a story to David, and his story was about uh, a callous rich man who stole the beloved lamb from his poor neighbor. And David, got, he felt so angry about this, he rose up and he said, this man deserves to die. So a lot, of, a lot of feeling, a lot of attachment to sheep as animals, like, like we feel for our pets. When Jesus was speaking of himself as the good shepherd, he said he calls his sheep by name and they hear his voice. Now that's what shepherds did. When there were plenty of flocks in the communal sheep pen, the shepherd would come by and call their sheep by name. And each, each of these little lambs would hear their voice 
and they would come to the shepherd. The sheep didn't respond to another's voice, even if someone else called their name. The sheep knew their shepherd's voice. The shepherds built a close bond with them every day. Jesus says his sheep, that's his people, know his name. I say this because I want to convey that Jesus knows your affection for your pets. And he wants to communicate that God has a similar affection for us. Now, that's not meant to be condescending. He also calls us children of God. But he wants to hold you to call your name, to make sure you get fed. We're sheep. He's the shepherd. We follow him because he provides everything for us. Where else are we going to go? Now, our golden doodle follows my wife around everywhere when she's home. His name is Max, but we call him Shadow Max. <laughs> now, pups know they'll always get their food. They know where to go for care. At one time, uh, Jesus interacted with a Gentile woman who needed his help, and he um, responded oddly. He said, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the pups. But she said, well, even the pups eat the crumbs. Jesus liked that response. It ain't bad being a pup. Can you be a pup? So if you've ever lost your pet or know someone who has, you put the word out. Flyers on the telephone poles, put it on social media, you tell your neighbors. You're distressed because your beloved is lost. Were they kidnapped, you worry? Are they, are they dead? You fear the worst. And if, hopefully, you find your pet again, you tell everyone in excitement. You have to rejoice. You don't have to tell anyone that you found your pet again because you don't need their help anymore. But you tell them because your joy wants to be shared. That's the nature of joy. You have to rejoice. The Apostle John wrote, our praise would not be complete unless we told you this good news. So you may have lost a pet or perhaps you're not an animal person. You may have lost something valuable like the woman in the, in the parable Jesus mentioned. You may have lost something like jewelry, keys, or a wallet. When you realize you've lost something valuable, everything stops. Finding what you've lost becomes your first priority. You won't be satisfied until you find it again, and when you do find it, you rejoice. You may start retelling the story, I thought I'd never find it, I looked here and there. You had to rejoice. Joy is the natural and sensible response of finding that which you feared could have been lost forever. Now let's look at this another way. Have you ever been lost? There was a time I visited my friend in Bermuda. He was pretty new there and he said, let's go cliff jumping. It was just maybe 15 feet above the water. I'm not that extreme. But so we jumped off the cliff and then right after that, he realized that the water was not at the same tide level it was the last time he did. So we couldn't find our way back for several minutes. And this was like, this was like a rugged cliff face, sharp cliff face. That was kind of scary. You could kind of say that, that we were lost. Uh, thankfully, we, we found some people walking by and we found a place to climb up again. But if you've been lost, you, you, you may have even had a period of life when you were immature. Maybe you didn't want to listen to wise voices. 
I can think of those times for myself. You created chaos and destruction, blaming others, not wanting to take responsibility for yourself, and you got stuck. Jesus reveals a God whose lost child is a top priority. In the parable of the sheep, that the sheep probably wandered off. In the parable of the coin, well, that was probably misplaced. But in the parable of the son, the son defiantly left home, and the father, though hurt, respected his son's decision. He couldn't just know where his son was, and then he found him. No, that the son was lost in a different way. He wasn't just physically lost. He was lost in the state of his soul. He was lost in his connection to home, and physically finding him wouldn't solve that. So in the first two parables, the one who lost searched diligently, but in the third parable, it was the most difficult for the one who lost, that is the father, because he had to wait for the uncertain possibility that his son would realize he was lost enough to need help. That is a difficult kind of losing. When the son did realize he was lost enough to need help, he came home in shame I was so selfish, he may be reasoning. I hurt the people who loved me. I wasted my father's money. It would be enough just to work the rest of my life for a room and board alone. And we may be so self-focused at that moment of pain and misery of getting ourselves lost that we don't recognize how valuable that moment of recognition is to God. The moment the father saw his son returning. He ran to him. At the moment you admit you're lost, God runs to you. But if you think you deserve misery and want to remain in misery, God can't help me. What does God care? That's completely our choice. In this story, the wild child could have chosen to remain in misery the rest of his life. God gives us that option. But here, the wild child returns. It's the obedient child who remains in misery. He's the one who physically remained home, yet never accepted that he was always home with his father, with family. The one who never took a step away from home turned out more lost than the one that longed to eat pig food in a foreign country. How could you, Dad? The older son complains. He wasted your money. He disgraced you. How could you throw a party for him? You are always with me, son, the father replied, and all I have is yours. But we had to rejoice. This brother of yours was dead and is now alive. He was lost and has now been found. So let's remember again. Have you ever lost anything valuable to you? If you found it again, how did you react? You had to rejoice. Have you been lost yourself? Once you found your way, how did you react? You had to rejoice. Have you lost someone through moving away, a breakup, or death? If you got to see them again, how would you react? You'd have to rejoice. We have to rejoice. The father didn't demand his elder son rejoice. He just said it's the only sensible thing to do. Losing a pet, losing a valuable item, getting lost, 
losing someone. When Jesus heaved his final breaths on the cross, his followers believed everything was lost. The Messiah, the Lord, the Savior of the world, nailed to a tree to bleed out and suffocate to death. They lost everything. When Jesus rose from the dead, he showed that the greatest powers of the world could not overcome even the greatest loss. He whom we thought was lost became the world's greatest gain. He put death to death. Jesus guarantees everything good that is lost will be found again. In Jesus, everything dead gets alive. Everything lost gets found. In the Lord of the Rings, Samwise Gamgee had seen his hero, his mentor, his leader, Gandalf the Grey, fall into the abyss while fighting the Balrog, that, the mighty flame gi uh, giant demon. Their fellowship split up Sam and Frodo continued and completed their arduous journey without Gandalf, without knowing that he had already returned as Gandalf the White. When Sam finally met him again, he exclaimed, Gandalf, I thought you were dead. But then I thought I was dead myself. Is everything sad going to come untrue? What's happened to the world? A great shadow has departed, said Gandalf. And then he laughed, and the sound was like music or like water in a parched land. And as he listened, the thought came to Sam that he had not heard laughter, the pure sound of merriment for days upon days without count. Uh, in alluding to the story, Pastor Tim Keller said, everything sad is going to come untrue and it will somehow be greater for having once been broken and lost. My friends, we are the lost son. We may be the lost son abroad or the lost son at home. Wherever you are, you can turn back though. You may feel shame, but there's no shame in coming home. In Jesus, everything lost will be found, everything dead, will be alive and everything sad will become untrue. Like the Father says, we have to rejoice.